Real Talk Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Man, I'm so awesome. Thank you so much for letting me get on here with you. Super honored. Amen. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule just to pour out wisdom to us. Um, you're a best-selling author, written a number of incredible books, such as Beautifully Broken, Shut Hell Up, When Bad, When When Your Bad Meets His Good. Do you have a favorite book that you've written and why? Man, you know, I think that number my first book was like really special to me because uh, I wrote it in the depths of you know, uh, of, of hurt. And I wrote that book and I was in special ed my whole life. And so whenever I wrote this book, it was almost like I was pouncing on the devil's head. But my favorite favorite, of course, is Shut Hell Up because it's a conglomeration of all the books that I've written. Uh, and it's just one of those that Beautifully Broken was me starting out saying, man, I'm doing this thing. And Shut Hell Up is whenever I'm crushing him saying, I told you, you should have messed with somebody else. Because <laughs> now I'm ready to punch your face. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Shut Hell Up. What could you tell people who haven't uh, read that book, Shut Hell Up? What would you tell them? about that book? You know, I think that the one thing, I was raised in United Pentecostal. I was raised in a very strict religion. And man, my daddy was a preacher and I was driven with emotions. And I always thought that, you know, we could just pray our way through something. And I never realized that we have a part to play in every single, every single facet of our life. And really the healing lines are great, but you ain't going to get your healing until you make up in your mind to have a, oh, hell no moment. You know what I'm saying? You got to have one of those moments where you just finally get sick and tired of being depressed. You get sick and tired of being, letting the devil punk you and tell you every day, nobody will ever love you. You'll never conquer. You'll never write a book. You'll never be nothing. You're just a little old black sheep of the family. And you you gotta have one of those oh hell no moment and kick hell out of your mind which is your thoughts man that's where the enemy gets us is he can't take us out so he tries to wear us out and so you got to learn to speak to yourself you got to learn to get up take your life back take your spirit back take your authority back and quote what the bible says about you which he's going to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask or think so this whole book is telling you to how to be a whole ninja for jesus amen i love that you're the queen of one-liners <laughs> Even just now, you shared one of those. If the devil can't take you out, he'll try to wear you out. Where, uh -huh. do, you, where do you get all your one-liners from? And what are some of your favorite one-liners that you've ever uh, gotten? Man, you know what? I'll just be, I'm just crazy. Like, I lived so much of my life trying to be like an Ann Taylor. And when I got free from people and I became that Betsy Johnson God created me to be, I'm just always free flowing. And so I will literally be driving or I'll be in the airport or I'll see it just something that jumps out to me and I'll just, it'll just roll off my tongue. Like, you know, I, I do believe that everything in life is, is from something. You know what I'm saying? When you see all these people saying, oh, they stole this, they stole this. Well, you stole it. Like you go, everybody gets something from somewhere. And so I just, man, I, th those one-liners, I don't know why God anointed me with them, but everywhere, like, I think my favorite uh, is if you've got a pulse, God's got a plan. Amen. I think that's my favorite because if you ain't dead, God ain't done. Like, I think those are just like, just the, the real, I like ninja, you know, like in your face, you know, thieves don't rob empty vaults. 
Like God ain't, God ain't that the, the enemy ain't fighting me because I'm weak. He's fighting me because I'm strong. Yeah. So I think it's these one liners that just make you, Oh my God, like I've been stuck here for 30 years. Now I'm up. Right. So that I, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm the queen of one liners and I can't even help it. David, I don't even try. They just roll off. <laughs> well, let's, uh, in every interview, we have a fun uh, part of the interview where we either have a singing challenge, an illustration challenge for you. We have the one line challenge. So I'm going to give you a word. And once I tell you the word, you have one minute to come up with as many one liners uh, that you have ever heard come up with, or even right now on the spot. You ready? Okay. Uh oh. Uh oh. All right, here we go. Uh, that word will be friends. So give friends. us one liners about friends that you have uh friends friends are friends forever friends um uh ride or die friends uh, f uh every every uh every person needs relationships with friends uh friends uh, that pull you out of hell friends that push you push you th to break through and not break downs uh friends that are uh, the biggest, uh, the biggest support ever are great, great friends. That's a hard way. Friends, hey. friends are friends forever. <laughs> hey, when not everybody that's riding with you is riding for you. Just let the, yes. let the gas run out and see who helps you push. True friends are like shadows and mirrors. Shadows uh, never leave and mirrors never lie. Come on, way. We all need some true friends in our lives. I love it. Thank you for all your one-liners. They encourage me. I know they encourage so many people. Well, you're a mother, you're a pastor, you're an entrepreneur, you're a best-selling author, you're an entertainer, you have a podcast, you're an international speaker. How do you balance everything you do? You have such a close relationship with family. So how do you balance ministry and family life? How do you do it? How do you find your balance? You know, I think, uh, David, that it's that I found my purpose. And when you find your purpose, things just fall into place. Uh, I I know that I'm very I'm a very 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 intentional person. Um, I my mama my daddy man I take care of them. They live across the street from me. Um, they I, I just believe as long as I'm taking care of my family, God will take care of the rest. And He just gives me. I'm 47 years old and I feel like I'm 20. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like I'm 20 years old. I've got so much energy. Uh, I'm driven. Loving people is my favorite hobby on the planet. So I just, God just gives me the grace to do all I do. I mean, I pastor a whole church. Like I'm a woman pastoring a whole church. Like how cool is that? You know? And, and I think it's just, I keep the main thing, the main thing, which is Jesus. And I don't usually take on stuff that I don't think is going to benefit. If I don't think that it's going to uh, make Jesus famous or draw people closer to God, I don't do it. I just, I, I'm busy. So I've learned the older I've gotten uh, to keep things uh, very, th th I'm very spirit led. And so I think being intentional, man, being intentional, your family's all you got. You know, my, my spiritual dad, Rod Parsley tells me, cause I, when I first started, I, I could travel 51 weeks out of the year if I want to. And I do, I did it for a whole lot of time. And I remember my spiritual daddy said, Kim, he said, these people will use you up and then forget your name. And he really, he really woke me up to realize that first and foremost is your family. I won't have all this time with my dad and mom. So I don't even detest the last 13, I mean, I got so many cancellations because of the pandemic, but I look at it like God gave me a chance to spend every single day with my daddy, which has dementia. 
and to help take care of my mama. So I just look at God as being real strategic. And so he puts it on my heart and I follow him. Whatever he tells me to do, I do it. Amen. Well, you've been very vocal about some of the hurt that you faced even in your life. And I bet there's going to be people who are going to be tuning in and watching this interview who are struggling with hurt and their relationships are hurt in their marriage. And you, you speak, you know, such a strong word about hurt. And so what, I wonder if you can share just a little, a word to somebody who may be watching this, who they're hurt, they're crying themselves to sleep every night and they feel there's no purpose. There's no hope. They can't even get out the bed. What would you do to speak to them and to that hurt? Man, when I tell you, probably the hardest thing ever is marriage that doesn't work. And, you know, I was raised in, again, United Pentecostal. And they said, if you don't, if, if, if you get divorced, you're going to hell on a slip and slide. So therefore, when you go through a divorce, that's already, you know, such a, such a crisis because I don't know anybody that gets in a wedding dress and walks down the aisle looking in, in her groom's eyes or his bride's eyes and say, man, I'm going to get divorced. I'm going to do this, but I'm going to get divorced. You know, everybody has the intention of that white picket fence, uh, having a ride or die that's got your back. And, and I was the only one that couldn't keep a man. And I, I felt I took that on as man, something was wrong with me. And, and I was broken. And one day I was laying in my bed. It was, in, it was in 2006. And I was laying in my bed and it was at my mom and dad's house. And I had to move back in with them at 36 years old. I lost a $500,000 house, man. I lost my nice cars. And I was laying in that bed feeling like the biggest failure on the planet. I'd sang in some of the biggest platforms in America, but I didn't know who God was and didn't know God for me. And I was great at playing church, man. I was great at acting like everything was great. Wearing that mask was easy for me. And I hit rock bottom in, in 2006. And I, and I found out who the rock is at the bottom, which is Jesus. And I was laying in that bed, man. And I was crying out to God. And I said, God, if you're not going to fix this marriage, then I need you to take this pain away from me. And I promise you the first time I ever heard from God. Like I had been to every camp. I was raised in camps preacher camps, you know, kid camps. And I never heard from God because I was always thinking God was like this religion had made him to be. And that night I heard a still small voice because ain't nothing like literally hit rock bottom. and You ain't got nobody. That's, that's when the friends that really ain't friends walk out of your life. And I'm laying there and I said, take this pain away. And God said, I can't take it away. You got to get up and walk away from it. And that was the first time ever that I realized, uh-oh, like, <laughs> I got something to do here. Like, I got a part to play in this healing. And, and that night, it was like, I realized that rejection wasn't necessarily someone wanting out of my life. And I'm talking to somebody today that you've been stuck, man. You, you, you cannot even imagine how you're going to live your life after this. How did they move on without you? How did they cheat on you? How, how did this even happen? How did after 28 years, you find yourself having to start all over again and everybody around you cannot understand the hurt and they expect you just to get up and live again. I laid in that bed that night and I realized that rejection isn't necessarily someone wanting out of your life, but it's somebody that God needs out of your future. God knows something that you don't know, whether it's a friendship that ended, whether it's a relationship that ended, whether it's a spouse that left you, God heard relationship. He heard conversations that you didn't hear and he's doing you a favor. That was the hardest thing ever for me to understand that God actually was doing me a favor. And you won't understand right now, not when you're hurt and you're like, he's a good, good father, but where's he at? 
And I realized that night that when I, I didn't understand it, but I knew that Romans 8, 28 said that he is working all things together for my good. He's, he's going to use whatever I'm walking through. And anybody that walked out of my life is not a part of my destiny or they would have stayed. When I realize that that's how God rolls, God ain't no sight God, man. He don't sit up in heaven and wave a, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to hurt you right now with this. No, he has, he has plans to bless you and not harm you, give you a future and a hope. And so, man, now I live my life speaking to that. I know you might be hurt and I know it might be your fourth time, fifth time. I don't know what time, but I know that if you allow God to work on the inside of you and don't waste your help, that's the key. Don't waste your hell. I know you're crying, but at some point you gotta you gotta stop crying. You gotta get up. You gotta wipe your face. You gotta stop quitting. You, you keep throwing in the towel, and God is throwing it back at you and saying you're almost there. Wipe your sweat. You're almost there. And so today, get up, man. Get up. I promise you, your best is yet to come. I know you can't see it right now, but man, you're gonna look back in about a year and you're gonna be like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for not answering all those prayers, because I promise you what God's got for you is going to blow your mind up in here, up in here. Relationships break, man. Sometimes that's just the way it rolls. But your job is to get up and be used to God, because where God wants to use you is at the greatest point of your pain. Wherever that pain is, man, there's something about pain. You can't go to seminary and get the anointing you get out of being crushed. And so where that pain is, is where God's going to use you. So today, stop stop being selfish with the pain and get up and start using it for the glory of God. Love that. I love that. And you weren't rejected. You were being protected. You speak often to you speak often to how to deal with toxic people, especially during the pandemic. I feel many people struggle with returning back to toxic relationships because they felt lonely. How do you walk away from toxic people and toxic relationships? And you got to be intentional. That's my word. Nothing just happens. The enemy cannot take you out. So he's trying to wear you out and he uses people. He will, he will, you will walk around saying, I just feel like the life's being sucked out of me, but you're the one giving them the straw. You got to get to a place where you make up in your mind. No, during this pandemic, I had more peace than I've ever had in my life. And it's because you weren't in my life. It doesn't mean I look at people like this, David, we are this right here. My head is the, is the rocket. Then there's two rocket boosters on each side of the rocket. And when that rocket takes off, those rocket boosters let out this fire, right? Let out this fire. And then when the rocket gets to a certain altitude, those rocket boosters fall off. That's what they're supposed to do. If those rocket boosters would have stayed on past a certain level, it would have caused a pull and, 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 the, and the rocket wouldn't have gone where it needed to go. That's the same way with people. Sometimes people are designed to fall off of your life. They can't go where you're going. They are drilling holes in your boat. And when you hold them on there, you keep giving the CPR to the dead situations in your life, trying to stabilize what God's shaking you free from. It's causing a drag in your life. And it doesn't mean that when these rocket boosters fall off and that rocket goes to another altitude, that that's what they were supposed to do. Same thing with people. It doesn't mean just because they, they were supposed to fall off your life that they're bad people. It just means they can't go in the next orbit with you. So I think that's what you got to look at. You got to look at it and realize, did I have peace when they weren't around? 
Do I feel like I'm always taking care of everybody else and ain't nobody pouring back into me? Everybody's pulling withdrawals from your life, but nobody's making deposits. I think in this season, man, we got about, what, four, five, six months to recover from? The last thing we need to do is take people with us that were designed to fall off. I love that. Um, I want to take a moment and switch gears here and speak to what we're currently facing in America, injustice, racism, so much even there was things that happened in, in Georgia, and I know you were very vocal about that. And thank you for always taking a stand. Thank you for stepping up and standing up and speaking up. Even when churches would shy away, you've always taken a stand. So we thank you and we honor you. I'll just ask you, would you share your heart about what's currently going on in America and speak to racism and injustice? And then I would ask you if you could pray for us. Yes. You know, I believe that, you know, you can't be a Christian and be a racist. You just can't. And I do believe that racism is on all colors. It's not just one color, but I believe that it is time literally for the world to stand up and be Jesus. You know, I think that the one thing that I think grieved me more than anything is just when uh, my white brothers and sisters couldn't understand that black lives matter too. You know, it's almost like we don't realize that when we walk into a grocery store, ain't nobody following us around. Ain't nobody looking at us and seeing if we are stealing something. And, and my, my black brothers and sisters have to walk through a lot. And so during this, during this time, man, I, one thing that God has delivered me from is people. I don't, it doesn't matter to me if you like me, if you don't, my heart's right. You ain't going to be standing in heaven saying, get her in, let her come in. No, I, when I get to heaven, I want God to say, girl, you bad. Well done, my good and faithful servant. So that's why I'm always a voice for uh, injustice. I'm a voice for what's right. And so I think that, you know, if we get out there and I'm so proud, man, really a lot of the world is coming together. A lot of my friends, white Caucasian brothers and sisters are coming together and we are speaking out because it's the right thing to do. And so I think in this season, let's do what we can. I'm out there marching in the peaceful protest with everybody else sweating like crazy, but I'm out there doing my part. So today let's do our part, whatever your part is. Do your part. You know what your part is because we feel it in our shenanigans. We feel it down in our gut. You know what I'm saying? We know what's right. We know what's wrong. And I think instead of being afraid of not fitting into certain groups anymore, man, if I lose friends because I stand up for what's right, I don't want you in my life anyway, right? You're one of those orbits, one of those space orbits that's supposed to fall off of my life. So I think that you feel good when you're being a voice for Jesus. And so let's all be Jesus with skin on it. Let's all make a difference. One voice can change the world. One person can change the world. And we have to be the change that we want to see. So today, do your part, boo. Do your part in New Orleans, in Louisiana, in wherever you're at. If you're in, in Alabama, in a small little, in a little venue, do your part. Be loud and be a peace. Be a voice of peace. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for using your voice. We honor you. Would you pray for us and pray for our nation, pray for healing, pray for unity, pray against racism, pray against injustice, and, and pray for all those who are going to watch this. 
Yes. Father, I just thank you right now for this platform that you brought us today, Lord, to be able to speak out, be able to, to be a healing voice, to be a, a bridge. That's what we want to be, God. We want to be bridges. And Lord, I just pray for peace. I pray for healing. God, you are the King of Kings. You're the Lord of Lords. You are, you are the pro man at taking broken pieces and bringing the most beautiful disco balls out of those broken pieces to shine. And Lord, I just thank you. What the enemy meant for evil, you are shifted for our good. God, you are taking the pieces of our brokenness in our, in our black culture and our white culture and our Spanish culture and our Asian culture all over the world, God, all the pain that we have already endured with the shelter in place and people losing their jobs and being furloughed and fear gripping our lives. Lord, we thank you that your hand, I can just see your big old hand just sitting on top of us, just sheltering us. And so, Lord, we cast out fear. We cast out what the media is saying and the fear that it's, it's bringing on us and crippling us with God. And I thank you, Lord, that a revival of thunder, a, a revival of straight thunder is, is taking over this world. And you will be, you will have the last say, and you will be known in the world, God. And I thank you for that restoration and the restitution that you're bringing back. Lord, that these last seven months of 2020 are going to be the best, the best seven months of our lives. And Lord, just like 2020 means clear vision. I really believe that that's what you've done. You have given us some clear vision, clear vision in relationships, clear vision in our heart postures, clear vision in, in uh, pandemic moments where we, some of us walked into the pandemic in a pandemic. And during this pandemic, we've had a chance to evaluate ourselves. So Lord, I thank you that we're not going to point our fingers at other people, but we're going to look at our own selves and we're going to realize that God, if there's anything that is stopping us, Lord, don't let us waste what you've given us. Don't let us waste this reset time, this time of recalibration, this time where you are literally taking people with no names and you're moving them to the front of the line because Lord, you trust them. You trust us, God, to be hands and feet and you with skin on it. Lord, I thank you for that. We won't let you down, God. Use us, Lord, to be uh, of, of, of facilitators of revival. Lord, thank you that the church is rising up. We're rising up. We're getting rid of our programs. We're getting rid of our, 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 our everything got to be this way and that way. And God, we are allowing you to change us from the inside out. Lord, I just thank you today that you're healing this nation, that, Lord, you're healing our world, that you're healing uh, the, 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 govern, the government, God. You're taking care of the first responders. You're, Lord, you're, you're, you're working your way in areas that we don't even see. So, God, get rid of the hate. Get rid of the anger. Get rid of the people that are feeling so invisible and like they don't matter. Lord, we thank you today that, we're keeping the main thing, the main thing, which is you. So Lord, thank you for being our comforter. Thank you for being our friend. Thank you when others walk out, you walk in. So Lord, I thank you that you are igniting a fire on the inside of us. Some of us have been like one of, the, one of those fireplaces with a little pilot light just sort of burning, just a little flicker. But God, you are flipping that switch on our lives today. Lord, ignite something in, inside of us that is called passion. Lord, you can't even pay for passion. You can't, you can't, you can't pay to love. You, you, you can fake it, but
but people see through it. Today, give us a real touch of knowing how to love right. Give us a real passion that when we open our mouths, Lord, we don't even, we don't even really have to open our mouths when we just walk in a room. People want whatever we got and we can point them to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you so much Thank for your you. wisdom and your heart. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Keep doing.